Thank you for tuning in to Church on the Rock podcast. We have a great sermon in store for you. We hope this message challenges you, builds you, and motivates you into taking the next step in your purpose with God. Enjoy the sermon. talk to you about being a partner, a life partner with God. A life partner with God. You know, that's what Adam was called to be. That's what he was called to be. He was called to be a life partner with God. And um, when you when you're a life partner with God, um, that's really how you truly experience the blessed life. And I'm going to show you that in the Word tonight. And, um, and I want to show you how to do it. And it's designed to take a person that knows very little about God. It's designed to take a person that is really their first introductory toward Him and to cause their life to reach a level of exposure, and you could almost say fame, and, um, and um, exposure and image that they've never experienced before in their life. And um, we're going to see that in the Word tonight. And, and to wait a bit to how to become a part of something that heaven is doing in the earth that is uh, so much bigger than a normal lifestyle. Um, and at the end, it makes life in this planet worth living. And that is being a co-laborer with God to accomplish his purposes in the earth. When God created the heavens and the earth, he had a purpose for it. When he created man, he has a purpose for that. And man's job is to discover his purpose, his reason for even being. And the only way to do that is through Jesus Christ. And so we want to look at this tonight. And uh, turn over here to Genesis chapter 12. Let's start there. Genesis chapter 12. And um, I never taught on... I heard other ministries teach on partnership and part. Really, when they talk about partners, it's partnership with God, and um, being a part of what they are doing because they have received they have received an assignment from heaven, and um, that that assignment from heaven is Jesus's total objective, and I'll tell you what his total objective is too his total objective in the earth. And when someone discovers that objective, it's because they're in a relationship with the Heavenly Father. They're in a relationship with Jesus Christ. He never assigns work to a stranger. And you shouldn't either. <laughs> That's the reason why you have to do an interview. That's the reason why you have to do interviews now that you do more than one interview. Because people want to know who you are before they bring you on. Tell me about you. And as you learn about 
that person. You determine if they are a good fit. Amen. And so there has to be an interview to me is a is a is an expressed is an express determination of who this person is because it's over a few days or a few weeks, maybe sometimes even months before a selection is made. People want to make sure they have a good selection. Well, over in Genesis chapter 12, you're going to find out God picked somebody. Amen. You're going to find out God picked somebody. And uh, he picked somebody that was going to be responsible for executing the redemption of mankind. Uh, a person that was going to help him bring salvation to mankind through an empowerment called the blessing. The blessing is an empowerment that when the blessing is working on your life, you cannot fail. You cannot fail when the blessing is working in your life. You can't fail at family. You can't fail at raising children. You can't fail in your business. You can't fail in health. You cannot fail when the blessing is on your life. Now, if the curse is on the life, you can fail. You can fail financially. You can fail in health. You can fail in family. You can fail in children. You can fail in every area of life because the curse definition means empowered to fail. That you're not trying to, but there are forces that are around your life, demonic forces, and their objective is your total destruction. That's why Jesus, when he was preaching, he said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly through the blessing. But he said, the thief has come for, for reasons to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And he's talking about Satan. So there's only really two states of life, total blessing and total cursing. That's, that's the state of being. There's really no middle ground. And you're going to see this in this passage of Scripture. And Abraham takes him up. Abraham takes God up on this invitation to be a partner with him. And when I was, when I was, I was, I was listening to a minister, and I, then I, all of a sudden I saw it for the first time. I've never taught this message before on partnership with God. I've never taught it. Because, and I heard about partners. When you hear Dr. Jacobs, he'll come, he talks about people being a partner with him and his ministry, and I'm a partner with him. I'm a partner with the Copelands. I'm a partner with Pastor Nancy Dufresne because I believe in what they're doing in the earth is to promote the gospel and to, to minister the blessing wherever they go, to help people improve on their quality of living in their life for every area of their lives. And so... Uh, but when I, when I read this, when I was listening to, uh, I believe it was Brother Copeland, he was, talking about, he was talking about his partnership. And I was sitting on the couch, and all of a sudden, the first time I realized, I said, I know where the partnership is in the Bible now. I got it. And I decided to share it with you tonight. Amen. Amen. Praise God. If you get this, you're going to. You, many of you are already experiencing. Uh, many, many of you all are already experiencing a promotion, blessing, and increase. But it's going to go to another level tonight. Amen. Amen. It's going to go to another level tonight. I'm going to help you, praise God, because I, I love when God talks to me like this, and it just helps me. Uh, Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1. Now the Lord has said unto Abram, he's eventually going to become Abraham. 
but he's Abram right now. Abram means um, um, exalted father or father of a few. When God changed his name, he became Abraham, the father of many nations. Amen. And it's because of the partnership he entered in with God. God always takes your life to another level. He never leaves you the same. What, was the, what, what is the purpose of a relationship that keeps you at the same level or devalues your life? What is the Every relationship in your life should be a relationship of progression and moving forward. That should be the, that should be the purpose of being in a relationship with a person, being in a relationship with an, with, a, with an employer, being in a relationship with a local church. Relationships should move your life forward. Amen. That's the purpose of relationships. Amen. And so it says right here, and, and God has introduced himself to Abraham. He says now, he says, Abraham, he says, Abraham, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house. That's, that's a major demand to put on somebody. I want you to leave your country. I want you to leave your kindred. I want you to leave your father's house. And I'm going to take you into a land that I will show thee. Sometimes change is necessary if you want progression. I'm already doing what I'm doing. The question is, do I want to go farther than what I'm doing? And when Jesus comes into your life, he comes into your life for a betterment, for an improvement of quality of life. Life and life more abundantly. I don't want man to stay where he is. I came so that he would be constantly progressing he would be moving forward in his trust and confidence in me. He'd be moving forward in glory. He would be a progressor of everything I've put under his jurisdiction. The first man, God told him to go be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth. Amen. He, could, he, he was empowered to be a replenisher and a restorer. And he was, he, the ability to be able to do that was called the blessing. Amen. God said, I'm going to bless it. Well, you know, by the time Genesis chapter 3 comes around, Adam doesn't have the blessing anymore. He has something else. What does he have? He got the curse. He's got the curse. He's got life's struggles now. God tells him, because of the decision you made to leave partnership with me, life is going to be a struggle. It's going to be a struggle to make a living when you was given one. It's going to be a struggle to keep your home. It's going to be a struggle to raise your children. It's going to be a struggle in health. It's going to be a struggle to have a sound mind. It's going to be a struggle to have peace. It's going to be a struggle to have, uh, have joy. It's going to be a struggle to have happiness. You have just entered to, into the curse of life because you, you separated from the partnership I gave you and you bound yourself to the enemy. And all he knows is struggle. By the time you get to Genesis chapter 6, the Bible said men's mentality was so darkened they didn't even have a thought of peace on their mind. The mentality can go so low that people need, you know, they got this thing now called mental illness. It's out there now. It's, 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 it's out there now. And all it is is the enemy attacking the soul of man to the point that he cannot function normal at work, in family, anywhere, in school, anywhere. It is a real deal, and it's on the increase. Amen. But the blessing can wipe it right out. That's why God needs somebody carrying the blessing in the earth. Amen. Now, it was gone by the time you get to Genesis chapter 12. 
God finds a man that he decides, he decides that he wants to restore the blessing in the earth and he finds a man that's going to carry. Guess what God is looking for right now? Carriers of the blessing. He's looking for, he says, hey, I want people to be carriers of the blessing so that your life affects somebody else for betterment. So that your life affects somebody else for betterment. I want blessings in, in homes. I want blessings in community. I want blessings in places where humanity is for the progression of that humanity. When you don't have blessings around, it's trouble. Amen. When you don't have them around, it's trouble. And so God is saying, I've got to, I got to found somebody I want to put in the earth to be a blesser. Now, and here we are in Genesis chapter 12. Now, in Genesis chapter 3, you can write this down, Genesis 3.15. God promises Adam and he promises his wife that I'm going to restore the blessing in the earth. I'm going to stamp out what the enemy has done. I promise you I'm going to raise up somebody that's going to crush what Satan, the curse he's brought to this earth. I promise you I'm going to bring somebody. And from that moment on, Satan is looking for who is this coming that's going to, I'm going to bruise his heel, but he's going to crush my head. <laughs> when God tells you you're going to do something, just write it down, it's coming. You just write it down, it's coming. It's going to happen just like he said it's going to happen. Amen. Now, now, where does God look for to find somebody to carry this blessing? He looks in the earth. In Genesis chapter 12, he finally found somebody. He finally found somebody. And, and over in, you know, uh, I believe Job was the first one he really wanted. But it's something about how you handle your children. It's something about how you handle because, see, you only have so much time in the planet. You only have so much time in the planet. God is looking for somebody that's going to affect generations. Amen. He's looking for somebody that's going to affect generations. And how you deal with your children and grandchildren determine how you're going to affect generations. Because you're leaving this planet. But God says, I'm picking Abraham because I know he will command his children after me. I know he will direct his children after me so that the blessing stays into the earth. And so he picks this man called Abram. Let's read this and listen to his prophecy to Abram. Abram, I want you to leave your country. I want you to leave your kindred. I want you to leave everything that would hinder your change. I want you to leave everything that would hinder the change I want to bring in your life. When you look at what he had to leave, he had to leave environment. He had to leave environment. He had to leave environment that was causing him, that would cause him not to fulfill everything God has for him. Pastor Nancy said, like, if you show me your friends, I'll show you your destiny. I can tell you the outcome of your life by the, by the group because the mindset is affected by impartations from the group. What people say, what people think, what people voice, whatever that environment is, if I hear it enough, it'll get in me. And it'll go from one generation to the next generation to the next generation. And God says, I don't want, he was in a place called Ur where they worshiped the moon. I don't want you staying in moon worship, so I need you to leave. I don't want you trying to worship me while you're over there. And sometimes some people can't change because of their environment. They cannot change because they keep the same environment. And whatever you see right now at 20, that's what you're going to see at 40. And you're gonna, it's going to be really strong at 60. It's going to be a rock at 60. <laughs> 
Edward Lewis Cole, I think he said, the sin of youth is lust, <laughs> the sin of middle age is pride, and the sin of old age is prejudice. I'm just locked in my ways in that sin. You don't have to be that way. It doesn't matter what age you are in. Always be teachable and always be a person that's, that's learning when it comes to the things of God. And so he comes down here, I'm taking you from your father, to a place I'm going to show you thee. And listen to this. This is what we call the blessing of Abraham. He says this, I will make thee. Notice his, his assignment. I will make you thee. I will make thee a great nation. I'm going to do something to make you great. I will make you a great nation. Now, this is what he's promising him. I'm going to cause greatness. I will make thee a great nation, and I will bless thee. I will empower you to be this great nation, and I will empower you to succeed. And I will make thy name great. You want to really circle that. I'm going to make your name great. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going, to make you a, I'm going to make you a blessing. I'm going to make thy name great. I'm going to make thee a great nation. When he's talking about a nation, he's talking about a people group. He's talking about a people group. He's talking about a group of people, and we're talking about a multitude of people. He says, I'm going to make thee a great nation. And now he's talking to a man that I'm going to make you a great nation, but his wife is barren. She's not capable of having a child. But God doesn't care about the deficiencies because I'm the one that's going to do it. I'm the efficient one. I am the supplier. It doesn't matter to me about the deficiencies you have. I'm the one that's going to make you this. I'm the maker, praise God. He says, I'm the maker. And he says this, and he says, I'm going to make thee a great nation, and, and I will empower you to be a success, and I will make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. Not only are you going to be blessed, but you are going to be a blessing. That you're going to affect the lives around you and cause them to produce fruit and abundance that brings glory to God. You're going to be an influence where I put you. You're going to have influence where I put you. Where I put you, you're going to make a difference in the surrounding environment. Well, when he started in Canaan land, he was Abram. But by the time he got done, he was the prince of Canaan. He was a ruler in the whole region. I'm telling you, God can take the ordinary and make them extraordinary through the blessing. Amen. Praise God. And the reason why you're here right now and the reason why you're hearing this, God wants to do a work in your life. If you can receive that, he wants to do a work in your life. He wants you to stand out. He wants your life to be the salt of the earth. He wants you to be the light that's in this generation because guess, bless God forever, it needs it. Amen. And the only one that can do that in your life is him. And the only one that can do that in your life and sustain it through decades is him. The only one that can do that in your life and sustain it through decades. Men can get fame, but it's just for a season. Men can get fame, but it's just for a, for a window. But Abraham began to grow in fame and notoriety and exposure and image throughout his entire life. He changed the whole region where he was living at. At first, they were taking his wife. They were, they were doing things, but he got to the place nobody took anything from him. He got to the place where he became the military power in the entire region where he was living. 
People found out after a while you did not mess with Abraham. You don't mess with his children. You don't mess with his servant. You don't mess with his wife. And you're not going to be messing with his God. Amen. God wants to expand you. Yeah, praise God. Because when this next revival hits, it's going to be because the blessing is on people's lives and to affect other people's lives and to cause this whole region to experience God's presence and glory. Amen. Where people's lives begin to have improvements. Amen. So let's look at this, what it says right here. He says, I will bless, and he goes on to say, thou shalt be a blessing, and then I will bless them that bless thee. Now, you may put a note in your Bible. That's the partnership right there. I will bless them that bless thee. And curse him that curse thee. Now, this is a blessing. This thing is still alive. This is why you never become an enemy to the church. It's still working. This is, this is, you know, I'm going to show you people say, well, that's in the Old Testament. No, you got to be able to understand your Bible. This is a scripture that goes through both covenants. It goes through both covenants. The person that is really, is that that verse was intended for was Satan. It was not intended for a person to be cursed. Because I'm going to read you, Jesus has delivered you from the curse. Amen. He's redeemed you from the curse. Amen. And hell was not made for man. It was made for the devil and his angels that are reaping and wreaking curse on humanity. This verse was made for him. I'm going to curse him that cursed you. The devil is the biggest cursor that ever existed. And that's why, and he's on the loose. And the greatest thing you could do in this life is live with the blessing on you. That's the greatest life thing you could do is live with the empowerment that you can't fail. Live with the, live with the deliverance from freedom and the freedom that you can't fail at what you put your hands to. That if your hands on a business, it's going to succeed. Amen. Praise God. If your hands on family, your family is going to succeed. The empowerment of the blessing is what raised Jesus from the dead. It's so powerful, it overcomes every obstacle that Satan has. He has no defense against the blessing. Now, listen to what God said. When you finish reading, you're going to see what I'm telling you is true. He plans on the blessing working in the whole earth. The answer to all the problems of this earth is the blessing. But the blessing has to be carried by a person that will not disqualify themselves. The blessing only works in the lives of people who trust God and understand what faith is. The Bible said if you're living by faith, then you are blessed like Abraham. And faith is not believing God for something. It's a lifestyle of trusting God and living for him. Amen. Amen. Partnered with him in the earth so that what he wants to happen in the earth manifests. The blessing is on the life of the person that wants to manifest what God wants to manifest in the earth. The blessing is not some unilateral experience where I just go do whatever I want to do when I get ready. He says, I am putting the blessing on you to change your environment and people around you 
to cause it to look like heaven on earth. That's what I'm after. This is what he's telling him. Now, I'm going to say this, and you'll see this. I'm going to say this because I'm going to take you there in a minute. He's talking to Abram, and God knows he's going to be Abraham. But he's not just talking to Abraham alone. Who else is he talking to? He's talking to the seed, and who is the seed? Who is the seed? Who is the seed? Jesus is the seed. You get to be the seed if you belong to him. <laughs> you get to be the seed if you belong to him. And if you belong to him, what he's saying here belongs to you. Because if you belong to him, you have partnered with him in the earth to bring this prophecy and vision to pass. You live to make it real in your generation. Every day you get up, you live, you are, you are listening to God, you're in fellowship with him, you're walking with him to make it real in the earth in your day and time so that people don't live under the curse of the enemy. Amen. That you help him minister empowerment to the people around you so people don't fail in life. Amen. That's what Jesus is and that's what he, that's his ministry in the earth. That's his ministry and empowerment to cause people to live a high quality life. So look what he says right here. I will bless them that bless thee. I will curse him that curseth thee. And in you shall all families, how many of them? Are all the families of the earth experiencing blessing? No. That's true. But the real truth is the power to cause those families to experience the blessing is in the earth. Yeah. And it does exist. And it's real. And it's tangible. And it can be taken and inherited and received and it can be put in operation and it can become functional but it has to have a carrier God just didn't release it in the earth he could have just turned it loose in the earth why don't he just turn it loose in there he's got to have somebody he can trust with it he's got to have somebody to care Paul said Paul wrote I thank you Lord for you counted me faithful to carry the blessing in the earth. You have to be entrusted with the blessing. God's got to trust you that you will use it for his purposes in the earth. And so I was thinking about this today. Abraham gets the blessing and he passes it off to who? Because God said seed. And we're going to see that when God is talking here, he's talking natural seed and spiritual seed at the same time. In the new covenant, you can't get it because of who your daddy was or is. In the old covenant, you could. It goes to, from Abraham, it goes to Isaac. 
the ability to change the world. It goes from Isaac to Jacob. Goes over to Jacob to Joseph. That the whole world is in a famine, but the blessings on it. And he's been falsely accused and unjustly prisoned. But the blessings on him, the Bible said even while he was in prison, the blessing was on him. He started running to prison. The warden took off and he started running to prison because the blessing's on him. When the blessing's on you, it don't matter where you, it don't matter, it doesn't matter, it doesn't care about the environment. It just starts working wherever it is. He starts running the whole prison. When he was a slave, they put him in Potiphar house. The blessings start working on him and it promoted him to second in command. He said, I can touch everything in this house. Everything in this house is at my disposal because the, the person carrying the blessing must be trustworthy. They must have honor. You better remember that word. And they must have integrity if they're going to carry this thing because you're going to be put in places and positions. The enemy is going to try to tempt you to get you in dishonor so the curse manifests instead of the blessing. And so God's got to pick people that he can trust. We're going to get down here. You're going to read. He tells Abraham, I now I know I can trust you. The question is tonight, can you be trusted? That you're not a sellout. That if somebody, somebody, somebody empowers you and somebody entrusts you with something that's valuable, that you will maintain honor and not betray their trust. That's why tests go on all the time to see who's going to carry this thing. Goes from Joseph. They go into Egypt. They're just 80 people. They're not even 100 people, but the blessing's on them. And they begin to prosper so powerfully in Egypt. Because this thing's on them. How does 100 people become 3 million? And they're prospering so powerfully in, in, in Egypt that the Pharaoh finally says, wait a minute, these people are getting too strong. If they ever join with our enemies... They, they have enough power to overcome us, so they enslave them. But God said, I know that's going to happen. And he wrote about them people. So now the curse got to come on them. So that's where the plagues come on, on Egypt and the curse and the defeat comes on them because they're messing with God's anointing. They're messing with the people he blessed. And without a sword, without a spear, without a shield, Without military training, they walk out. They walk out of Egypt with full payment. And then Pharaoh decides, I'm going to chase them. You don't chase blessed people. <laughs> you just don't mess with them because they own assignment. And they got this promise, I will bless them. I will make their name great. I will cause them to affect nations. And I will curse those that curse them. I will bless those that bless them. And when you see somebody function in the blessing, the best thing you can do is join into that verse of scripture and bless them and become a partner with them and help them do what God told them to do. Now you bound him to bless you. Now you put him in a position now. He can't do nothing but bless you. The greatest 
thing that you can find is somebody that's got an assignment from heaven functioning in the blessing and to partner with them. Now God is bound. I got to bless you. I got to empower your house for success. I got to empower your children for success. I got to empower your business. I got to empower your career. Because you are connected with them, I bound myself to help you. Not might help you. I got to bless you. The greatest thing you can do in this life is walk in a local church with the blessing on it. Just walk in a local church where there's a divine assignment on it from heaven. Because what else are you going to partner with? It? What else have you got to partner with? What else in your community do you have besides the local church that's ordained by God to partner with where heaven's covenant to bless you? That's why you should have your best relationship with your local church, where he wants you. You ought to practice your best because that's the lack. There is no entity in existence. Mikhail, Mikhail Gorbachev comes back, comes to the United States out of Russia. I believe he was the prime minister, the president of Russia. Uh, it was, I don't know, decades ago. He came to the United States when the wall came down. I don't know who was president. I believe Ronald Reagan was president, and he came over here to, to our country. He said, America's not great because of its military. Because it started off without one. Just somebody just said, we're going to partner with God. Sitting on the Mayflower and saying, we're going to honor God. We're going to raise up a nation that honors God. And it was the will of God. Amen. We just go on. Somebody, somebody took out a pen. <laughs> Hold up before we get off. Because <laughs> the chances of success is don't even, the, 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 the probability of succeeding is doesn't even exist. It's low chance. And somebody had enough sense and said, we ain't going to make it out there. Lions, tigers, and bears. <laughs> It's stuff out there. <laughs> and so somebody, <laughs> they call it the Mayflower Complex. And you read it, and they made a commitment. God, we want you to be our God. And we will honor you, and we will serve you, and we will put you first. And somebody had a good idea to put on the money. In God, we trust. <laughs> now they want to pull that out. Take all the prayer out of schools. Raise up a godless generation that's fit for nothing but to curse. We got to have a revival in <laughs> We got to have a revival in this. I'm telling you, we got to have a revival. And I thank God. <laughs> I thank God it's happening right now. Amen. No, but Gorbachev said, it's not their military. It's not Wall Street. It's not their commerce system. It's not their institutions, and we probably have more than anybody. It's not their colleges. That's not what makes America great. It's not their government. It's not their White House. He said when you 
come to America, behold their churches. And so he went back and a revival broke out in Russia. Yes, it did. When the wall came down, the gospel which was taken from them under Stalin and all those people, they praised God and put us to shame. Because when they said I was glad to come into the house of the Lord, they've been kept out for decades. Their children have been kept out. Their families have been locked out of churches. They tore them down. And as soon as they put them back, they rushed in. They praised God longer than you praise God. They are dynamic in their praise. They're excited to get a Bible because what's been kept from them has been brought back. And now the blessing's going back over in that place. And streets that have been empty and stores that have been empty. Now you can't even drive around over there. The commerce has come back up. Because the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich and it adds no sorrow to it. There ain't no curse in the blessing. Man, you got to get this thing on your life so strong that it blesses your generation now, your children, and your children's children after you. That's what it'll do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now we're reading the thing right here that made the country. You're reading it. it made, he said, I'm going I'm I'm to make you a blessing to nations. How did this, God, was, God was seeing America when he's talking about nations here. And seeing you right up in here tonight. Reading this and understanding that this thing is still working in the earth after millenniums has come. It's still working in the earth. And God is looking for a generation now that's going to turn this thing out. But I just got to partner with it. I got to partner with what he's doing. I ain't got time to go there tonight. Over in Matthew chapter 16, around verse 18, Jesus said, upon this rock I build my church. Sometimes people want to bring church down to just a man's level. It's not a social club. Something the Lord himself is building. And we're in partnership with him. That's why we're here tonight. We're in partnership with him. You have to value what he values. See, honor esteems what he honors. Real honor values what God honors. It esteems what he esteems. It puts first what he puts first. Jesus said, by their fruits you will know them. If they criticize the church leaders that God put there. Disqualified. Put the church second, third, fourth, fifth priority. America's been fat too long. But it really ain't long. Three or four hundred years. Baby nation. Everything else on the Atlantic Ocean is much older. 
the baby nation. But it's been empowered because of its churches. The leader in worldwide evangelism is America. I may not witness to anybody, but others in this country did and have. The greatest revival that ever took place on the planet besides Pentecost occurred in America. It's called Azusa Street. It affected the whole world with the supernatural power of God. It's a valuable nation to him as long as it values him. The Bible says a people that will not honor God will be cursed. That's why you go to some places and you look at it, how you look at it, you say, my God, how can humanity be allowed to suffer like this? Remember my pastor, he got him and said, how could God let them suffer like it? No, you letting them suffer like that. Because he put the blessing on the church. That's why he said, go into all the world but you can't go listen if you try to go without the blessing you're going to see the need and you're going to pass out we just have five, five families with Christmas tonight Hallelujah. from uh, from Miss Norma's job that was just five families how many did he really want us to help <laughs> how, many, how many did he really want to impact. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, it just could be somebody in the group just remembers, you know what? That came out of Jesus' church that he built it. It affected our life. Maybe a little boy that's getting a bike or a little girl that's getting a bike will remember that it came from the church that he was building Amen. where the gates of hell doesn't prevail Amen. and just grow up and do something great for God. It's the goodness of God that leads people to change. Amen. And I thank God for Miss Norma thinking about it and Pastor Center supporting it. Amen. And whoever else helped and all the ones that went out and shopped and we had to hire shoppers to go out and stand out there in line and then in the Christmas season and everything to get it done. And I said, if we're going to do it, we're going to get it done. That's right. Yes, sir, if we're going to do it, we're going to get it done. Amen. We're going to do it right. Yeah. Praise God forever. Hallelujah. So I want you to be, bless us. Yeah. When you receive, <laughs> I think it's over in John chapter 5, or chapter 6, you don't have to turn there, probably chapter 5. There was uh, 5,000 men out there, not counting the women and children. And they were so hungry. Because they sit, in the wild, sit out in the wilderness and listen to Jesus preach far away from any, any type of civilized place where there was food and things like that. They got out there, they started hearing about the blessing of Abraham and, and the gospel and the good news. And that was available to them and they just stayed out there. They stayed so long they forgot to eat. And then when it came time to feed them. There was no natural ability that could feed them. They said, if we went into the town, 
All you got to do is say it's going to snow. All you got to do is say is, it's not enough bread on the shelf for every Nashvilleian to get bread right now. Because everybody don't buy bread on the same day. But just say it's going to snow. Just let the snowbird come out. And say no school when there's snow on there. Just let him say that. What, if, what are people going to do? They're going to the store. They're going to get the whole milk first. Then they're going to 2%. Then they're going to take the 1%. And you get to what they call that skin milk. <laughs> if you're going to have some milk, you get the skin milk. The eggs are gone and the bread is gone because people have made a rush on what man produced. Five thousand men, not counting the women and children. But we got one man out here with the blessing on him. I'm going to show you the power of one man with the blessing. All you got to do is say, Lord, here I am, send me. And be so, and be so sincere about it that you change everything about your life to partner with him. You're willing to leave groups like Abram did. You're willing to leave environments. You're willing to make changes so that you can be the care of this thing. And he'll use you. And Jesus looked up to heaven. The blesser has a right to look to heaven at any time and be successful in whatever endeavor they are in. They have that right to look to heaven. And he took the few loaves they had and the few fish and he presented to heaven and God put the blessing on the thing. And they passed it out and fed everybody there and then took about 12 baskets of scraps. That means God does exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask to think. That the blessing always leaves more over than what is required. Amen. And he is waiting for somebody to get hungry and move in this thing. And that's why he's got me preaching on it tonight. And I haven't talked about it like this. You, I'm going to bless those that bless you. And I said he's not just talking to Abram. He's not just talking to Abraham. He's talking to Jesus. Jesus is the last man, and I got to show you this, to inherit the blessing in a family lineage. I didn't like to read, uh, I think it's like Luke, early chapters of Luke and Matthew. So-and-so begat so-and-so, so-and-so begat so-and-so, and all these begat. I said, God, I'm going to jump that. I don't want to read whose dad is who and who's so. I don't want to read all that. And I used to tell him that. I just don't want to read all that. <laughs> but God never puts anything in the Bible just to wait because he just needs to fill up his Bible. I want to have the thickest book out there. <laughs> That's not what God is doing. <laughs> Sometimes... Sometimes men write books just want volume in it. Sometimes people talk because they just want volume in it. God is strategic. He said, Keith, I put that in you. I put that in you in there to let you know that I started with my son. He was the son of God. His name was Adam. He was God's son. He said those men in between were sons of men. The last one 
is the Son of God. And notice there are no names after that. So to inherit the blessing like Isaac did and Jacob did and Joseph did and Moses did and David did, it's not available. Because God was starting a whole new race of people. You have to be what we call born again. If you want the blessing, you have to be, if you want to even qualify for the blessing, you have to be born again. And when you get born again, you don't get a name that God needed to describe. Because you always said it a minute ago, you are the seed. And Jesus is the seed. So you become Jesus in the earth. You are called. He is the head and you are, you are his body. You are one with him. And that's why the book of John says, as he is, so are you in this world. Paul said, I no longer live, but Christ liveth in me. He wants to live through you. We are the body of Christ. We've been given the name. Jesus said, here is my name. You go in my name. We've been given his name. We've been given his daddy. We've been given his kingdom. We've been given keys to his kingdom. We've been given everything. Well, why is not, why isn't it working on the proficiency and efficiency level that it worked for him? I said, God told me today, he said, the church today has his name, but they don't have his mind. I'm going to say that again. You can't perform what you can't think. So the church has to renew its mind to all of these truths. If you can't think it, you can't be it. My thoughts, in Isaiah 55, he said, my thoughts up here, yours are down here. I'm giving you this word to bring your thought level up, and then I'll do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think. Yeah, I got one hallelujah out of that. Praise God. It deserves more than that. I got, I got to do a better job to think like him. And if you, that's why he says, Abraham, I got to take you from your kindred. I got to take you out of this because I'm going to change the way you think. I got to get you to begin to think what I think about you. I got to get in you what I see in you, to you. Because what God has called you to is so much higher than you. It's going to take time for you to believe in you. It's going to take time for you to believe in his plan for your life. What do you say in Jeremiah 29, 11? I know the thoughts I think towards you. Psalms 40, verse 5, he said, my thoughts about you are so numerous, they can't even be counted. 
He said, I know the thoughts I thank you, thoughts of peace, of good, and no evil. There's people out there, thank God, blew their house down. God don't blow houses down. God is love. Love don't blow houses down. It builds houses. Act of God. Now you see how the mind has been brought to such a low state? I was reading, I was, I was listening to Brother Copeland the other night, and he's talking about the compassion of the Lord. The Bible said he had compassion on them and healed them all. God is a compassionate God. He's a good God. But you can't get your healing until you see him having compassion on you, not sitting back watching you. Tell me, oh, I'm suffering for the Lord. No. Your mind is polluted with some you heard from somebody that's not true. Love forgets your past. And when you come to Jesus, you don't bring your past. He washes it away. You don't bring your past to him. It's covered under the blood. So that you can be this new creation that never existed before, being born again. Let me read this. And he says, uh, In thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And so Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him and went, unto, and went with him. And Abram was 70 years and five years old when he departed out of Herod. Well, praise the Lord, age is not going to stop you from getting in this. Amen. Amen. It's not going to stop you, praise God. didn't stop Moses. He was 80, 120, walking with all that strength and the blessing on him. Amen. Turn over here to Proverbs 10, 20. Proverbs 10, 20. Now, I got to show you how you're tied into this thing. Proverbs chapter 10. And I think it's 22. Now it says here, the blessing, I just quoted it, but I want to show it to you, of the Lord, the blessing of the Lord, it does something. The blessing of the Lord, it does something. Amen. God designed the blessing so that men would have it while they're on this planet, so that the time you spend here is not toil and struggle. The curse is toil and struggle. It says right here, the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. So God don't tell your house down would win. No sorrow in it. That's what the word says. Will you believe everything in the Bible? Absolutely. It's the word of God. I got to believe everything in the Bible. I got to believe everything everybody else said. I got to believe what's in the Bible. I got to believe what people are saying. I don't want to believe everything people are saying. That's how you lose your mind. Believe in messing around with people and listening to everything they are saying. I started a long time ago. <laughs> Look at this. Okay. Okay, this is good. Turn over here to James. I'm going to show you about the blessing. I'm going to show you how to get, get in it now. 
Turn over here to James. Praise God. Praise God. James. Book of James. And uh, I was... I was 24, and I always quote this scripture. I was 24, and I just finished college, graduated from Tennessee State University, mechanical engineer, and started working at Fortune 500 College uh, company at 24 years old. Pastor Cynthia was 21. We had just gotten married. We moved to a city I didn't know anybody in. I didn't know anybody. My plant manager told me, he said, you just done about three or four things of the, mo the most stressful things a person can do, and you did it in 30 days. You took a new job in a new city with a new wife, got a baby on the way, and you don't know anybody here who's sitting in his office. He said, you done all that in one 30 months, in 30 days. But every day I'd get up and I'd look at that plant. I said, God, I got to come here for the next 30 years of my life. It just, it just shook me in my shoes. I stood up in front of that thing. I got to do this. This is what my mom did all these years. Bless God for her. You'd want to go home and clam back in the bed. And live like <laughs> Boy, real life just hit you. Real life just hit you. And I went into work in an environment every day. People want to be critical because everybody's afraid of you getting ahead. People are tripped. I just got introduced to real life. And every day I got up, it was unsettling. Dr. Jacobs used to say, you look at the duck when it's floating across the pond. It looks like it's calm. But if you got up underwater, you got a vision underwater. I was the duck. I was paddling every day to stay afloat. I'm saying, what if I lose my job? We'd be homeless, wouldn't we? Because she's not working. She's staying at home. <laughs> she told me right off the bat, uh, I want to be a housewife. Okay, wife. <clears throat> I was thinking about that every single day. It's on me. That's how I felt. And then I came to Church on the Rock. And I got invited to the men's meeting. I was so afraid to go to the men's meeting because I was the only African-American in the church. Fear is just wrong all the time. But the devil will look for ways for you to be fearful. Afraid of things. Afraid of stuff. He wants you to have the sense of failure in everything you get in. Your marriage ain't going to make it. Your health, your money ain't going to last. The devil just wants people scared about life. And whatever fear that you have developed or he's developed in your life over the years, he'll ride that one until you get delivered. 
I'm sitting here and I heard Dr. Jacobs say the men's meet's going to be this Saturday and I'm sitting at home. I said, I don't know about that. When I go to church on Sunday, at least past the she wasn't past the sentence. She's African American and I'm not the only one there. Yeah, I'm telling myself, you got them too if you, if you, if you ain't been delivered from them. Afraid you're not going to get married. Afraid your clock is ticking. The biological clock. I don't know who gave you one because God don't hand out biological clocks. I done read in the Bible they're not in here. Now, he's got, he's got a power in here that'll renew your youth. Now he got that in there. I found that, but I ain't found no clock nowhere. But it's people fearful about relationships. They're afraid they're going to run out of money. Afraid their business is going to fail. Afraid, afraid, afraid. The blessing won't let you be afraid. So I got smart. I went in and I asked Cynthia. I said, Cynthia, you think I ought to go? I went in the room where she was. I said, you think I ought to go to the men's meeting this morning? Yes, get out of here. So I got dressed, I went there. Brother Steve Hoffman read these scriptures, changed my life. After I heard him read these scriptures, I knew I was going to win in life. No matter the obstacles, no matter the opposition, there's a way to win. And it's called the blessing. Read, look at this. James chapter 1. And verse 21, wherefore put away all filthiness, overflowing of wickedness, receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. And be you doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. If any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man beholding his natural face in a mirror. For he beholdeth himself and goeth away, and immediately he forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whosoever, I like whosoever, looketh into the perfect law of liberty, which is the word of God, and continue therein, not being a forgetful hearer, but a doer of this work, this man shall be empowered in all of his deeds. Everything. And when he read that, I said, I got it. I was 24 years old. I got it. I got back in my car. I got back in that Toyota Corolla. And I started riding home. I couldn't even feel the road. <laughs> the next time I wasn't going to be able to feel my body. But this time, I could not feel. It seemed like the car floated home. <laughs> I went back to work. I said, I don't care what happens up in here. You're looking at a winner. <laughs> I said, I don't care what comes. I don't care what goes. It don't matter no more. It don't matter no more. There's nobody in here controlling my destiny. It's what I look at and it's what I believe looking at the, and I had a good pastor. He's putting that word out. He's putting out that perfect law of liberty every time I come. I never missed. 
I never missed on, on Sunday morning, Sunday night, prayer night, Wednesday night. I never missed because the word of victory was coming forth. It was coming. I got to have this because the blessing was working. Now let's go over here to Galatians chapter 3. What time is it? We're in overtime. All right, y'all, let me, let me read this. I ain't got time to go to Matthew where it says, Jesus said, upon this rock I build my church. The local church, God brings local churches that preach the perfect law of liberty in the communities so that the people in those areas can walk in the blessing. He says, Upon this rock, I build my church and the gates of hell. It doesn't matter what the enemy is trying to bring. The gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. Amen. And then he goes on to say, and I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you say, binding, heaven will back you up. And whatever you loose on earth, heaven will back you up. When you are given keys, the keys are speaking things that heaven has planned that he's called you to bring to pass in the earth. In partnership in a local church. When I handed you that prophecy book, those were keys. Those were keys. Those were things you can read. When I preach you the word of God, those are keys that you have authority to release in the earth and all of heaven will back you and nothing can stop it from coming to pass. Amen. And when I get this kind of blessing, when I get this kind of empowerment and it comes to the local church where God has placed me, I do nothing to hinder that operation. I participate in nothing to hinder that operation because there's some still in there. I will curse them. If they hinder you in your assignment, that I called you out. I called you out. I pulled you out of secular put you in a divine assignment and tell them so they understand. I pulled you, just like I pulled Abraham out and just like I pulled him out of his city and his country and his state, where he was. You need to read that prophecy. Other people need you, Pastor Rogan. Other people need you and I have to release you. So every time somebody comes and God tells them to partner here, I tell them to come up front. I believe in my mantle. It works. I believe in my mantle. It works. <laughs> and I'm going to magnify my office. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. He said, I'm going to give you pastors. They're going to they're stop you from being afraid. You're going to be delivered from fear. That's what happened to me. 
All the fear left. Somebody else got up and did. Dr. Jacob was sitting there like I was. And Brother Steve Hoffman was up reading that verse. It didn't matter. He was functioning under the mantle of the pastor. He wouldn't have been up there teaching if the pastor didn't give him the authority to do it. So the anointing of the blessing worked regardless of who was up here. So it don't matter if I'm here or not. When I give somebody the assignment to stand into my place, don't you say, well, Pastor Roke is not there. That's dishonor. You don't know how the mantle works. This man shall be blessed. Nothing can stop it. And the blessed maketh rich. And no sorrow is added to it. And I got in there and I partnered with that local church. As a tither and offering giver, all the special projects I supported. And it didn't matter. Your income never stays the same because the blessing won't let it. And I don't care what environment it is. I don't care who don't like you on the job. I could care less. Promotion does not come from the east or the west. It comes from the north. I remember one time I was putting in for a promotion. Man, my best God forever. The whole leadership of the organization was meeting. Talking, we got to have a meeting. We need to know if we need to bring you to this level or not. I'm already there. This is over with. I done already talked to heaven about this. I said, okay, go ahead and have your meeting. I'm going to go have my meeting. I went in there with the Lord. I shut my office door. Praise God. I prayed up one side the wallpaper, down the other, and declared the word of the Lord. And the peace of God came over me and said, promote it. I sat down in my chair. I sat there about 30 minutes uh, to an hour, and the phone rang. Uh, Keith, we just got through meeting. And we want to let you know you've been promoted. I got promoted an hour ago. <laughs> Days ago. Praise God forever. People don't control your destiny. <laughs> what did Bob Wells say at GE? Control your own destiny or someone else will. God gave you keys to control your own destiny. He gave you the blessing to control your own destiny. He gave you a place to partner in the local church where the gates of hell will not prevail against your life. Every day you get up with the blessing and empowerment on your life. The devil is afraid you got up because you empowered to change everything around you. All right. Listen to this, man. Look at verse 8. Oh, man, it's late. And the scriptures, Galatians 3, the scripture for seeing that God would justify the Gentiles or the heathen through faith. He preached before the gospel unto Abraham. And saying, in thee shall all nations of the earth be blessed. So now you know what the gospel is. God is the first preacher of the gospel. And so what he was preaching in Genesis chapter 12 was the gospel. If people ain't singing about the blessing, it ain't the gospel. Going upside the rough side of the mountain is not the gospel. The devil is on our tracks is not the gospel. If it's not the blessing and the empowerment of success is not the gospel. He said, in you shall all nations of the earth be blessed. So then they that which are, this is why faith is so important. So they, they which are in faith in Jesus Christ are blessed with Abraham. You enter into the blessing with him. 
Now, let's look down here and um, let's see how well I want to read this at. Look over here in verse 13. It says, Christ have redeemed us from the curse. Now, I'm redeemed from the curse. Now, I'm not going to do something to enter back in it. So the blessing of Abraham can come on us. Amen, what we just read. Look at verse 16. Now to Abraham and his seed. Notice there's no S on that. There's no S on it. To Abraham and his seed, one seed. So when God was talking the blessing, he was talking to Abraham and Jesus at the same time. Because Jesus is the seed, you're going to see that. But when you get into Christ, then you become the seed. And you take on the assignment and the partnership with him to build the church. Now God has bound himself to be your blesser. You get blessed. This is why this thing is... It's, it's got multiplication in it. You get blessed for just being a blessing to him. Then you get blessed because he said he was going to bless you. And then when he says, make your name great, he's talking about the name of Jesus. And you are heirs of that name. The Bible says, I think it's in Acts 4 and 12. You write this down. We'll talk about it later. There's no name under heaven and earth given unto men. So the name is given. So when, when somebody gets married, the man gives his name to his covenant. And it's a bond for life. It's an honorable thing that whatever I'm called, that's what you're called. And whatever somebody's saying to me, they're saying to you. Or you, me, because now we are one. God, what God have put together, let no man put asunder. You become one carrying that name. So you, through that covenant marriage, the person is given the name, letting everybody know they've become one. And this is the covenant mark, letting you know that this person shares name and everything with this person. It's deeper than just getting hitched up and going to the hotel. It's bigger than that. You're one. And that's the way God sees it. And you're heirs together of the grace of God and the blessing. It matters who you go in covenant with. It used to be a cut, not no ring, because you can pull this off. But a long time ago, they would cut and fester that scar around there so you can't pull it off. Because you out tonight. <laughs> Say amen to that. Amen. 
Anyway, praise God, I keep mine on. There's a mark there. Given in the name. In my name. That I gave you. You're not just using the name. You are the name. The name has been given. And when you look that word up in, in the Greek, it means to take as your own. So when you stand up to the devil and say, in the name, I feel the Holy Ghost now. Amen. Amen. He says, you go in my name and lay hands on the sick. Paul said, I no longer live since I got married to him. His ability lives through me. He's living through me. Because his ability is greater than mine. And because I'm married to him, I'm an heir of God, but I'm a joint heir with him. I'm seated with him in heavenly places. God has determined I'm going to treat you just like Jesus. And if God is going to treat you just like Jesus, then the devil is going to have to respond to you just like he responded to Jesus. And COVID is going to have to respond to you just like it would respond to Jesus because you are not your own anymore. You are not. If you belong to Christ, then you are. If you are in here, praise God. I'm going to jump down here and shout the thing out. You're not Bubba no more. He gave us his name. I would think a woman when she just got married, she's got to go through a mind change. They call it her maiden name. She's got to change records. The man stays in the name. He doesn't even know, he doesn't even experience that change. He just keeps being who he is. Ms. Craig said good. She said good point. It's the woman that has to change the way she thinks. Jesus knows who he is. It's us that's got to say, you're not just dealing. With Keith Rogan, you did it with Jesus. Amen. What it says right here. I'm just going to jump down in here. Look at verse 26 and then I'm going to be done. 26 through 29. For you are all the sons of God by faith in Jesus Christ. For as many as you have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. You put him on. When you got born again, you put him on. Now, the moment you see him on, when you lay hands on the sick instead of you, that's when the power flows. 
Most people say, we, we did that. We tried this. I didn't ask you to try it. We, 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 we tried. We've been, we didn't ask you to do anything except for let him live through you. So before you go lay hands on somebody, say, I no longer live. But Christ liveth within me. And the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God that told me to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And you're going to feel the power just like I'm feeling it on me right now. Praise God. <laughs> the same power I'm feeling right now. Come on now. It's going to go through your hand into that person because you didn't just touch him. He did through you. It is. For ye are all sons of God by faith in Jesus Christ. As many as you have been baptized, put on Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek, neither bond nor free, neither male nor female. God does not respect nationality. He's not a respect of person or where you came from. He respects the name of Jesus and the new creation. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you be Christ, which means I take on his name. And I allow him to live through me. Then you are Abram's seed. Not many seeds, one. And heirs. And the blessing is going to take you to heights unseen. Because I'm partnering with him. I'm letting him bless me. Then I'm partnering with those that are blessed. Then I'm taking the blessing to be a blessing. And so when you start piling blessing upon blessing, the different, different anointings of blessing are all in that one verse in Genesis chapter 12. And when you get them all working, multiple streams of abilities and empowerments begin to work in your life to change the surroundings around you. Did you get some help tonight? Or did I just preach myself happy? <laughs> Hallelujah. Just lift your hands to heaven.